Coming up on this week's episode, we talk about yesterday's game on who won the title and who's going down, more wonders of white and a who am I, and Liam takes a look into next season with some early predictions, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new episode of View from the Sideline podcast and the last in the series. It's Chris here and Liam's here. Hello, Liam. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, I didn't didn't really have much to play for for the last couple of weeks, um, football wise. So, um, Did you enjoy yeah, not too bad. So, yeah. it was nice to have a stress free um, last day of the season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Although that I was slightly panicked towards the end of the Chelsea game when, when Watford did equalise, but <laughs> it's not. <laughs> uh, and wow, you've, you've got a lot to say for yourself, Liam, yeah. <laughs> you and your team. So yeah. um, we'll we'll um, we'll go straight into it anyway. Um, and uh, we'll start with with how you thought that the game went um, for a, from a Villa point of view. Um, from a from a slightly biased yeah. point of view, I actually, to be fair, I I thought we did play well. I don't, I would never pretend for a second that we were deservedly two 0 up by any chance, by any means. But we gave ourselves a chance in the game, and we took our chances. The few that we had, I think there was actually probably one or two more that Watkins wasn't quite. I don't know whether it's um, tiredness towards the end of the season. Just that he's not acting on instinct, if I don't think. Um, and that could have actually even put us further ahead. But saying that, I think every Villa fan will back me up when we say 2-0 is not a scoreline that we win from very often. <laughs> it just always seems to happen to us. We get to 2-0 and then we just know against a, a bigger side, you know, like Man City or Liverpool or even a Chelsea, and it's happened against United in the past more more times than I care to remember. We just know that the onslaught is going to come, and it's whether we can hold out. Nine times out of ten, we don't. And I think for this game in particular, Coutinho scores a really good goal. We go yeah. two 0 up, and Gerard takes him off, and that's the big changing point for me because I think the the atmosphere in the stadium was dejection. It was one of you know, they were rock bottom. They thought that they were going to lose the title. And to let them get that goal back so quickly after getting our second was the killer. Because as soon as that went in, it was like it was inevitable that it was going to happen. And we were going to let them score and win. It just it just seemed like there was no other outcome. I had absolutely no faith whatsoever that we were going to hold out for 2-1. So... Yeah, disappointing. You know, I've got a lot of Liverpool fans that were really happy with me for, what, 75 minutes or so. And, um, yeah, to come away from it losing. But it it shows we've got promise. It, it highlights, I think, the areas that we need to work on in summer. We've already signed Kamara today. Um, and we've been lacking a sort of defensive midfielder for a long time. And I know he can play at centre-back as well. So he'll help matters. Obviously, we've already signed Coutinho permanently, so we're all very happy about that. It's a good window so far, and we haven't actually spent that much money. So um, by the sounds of it, Gerard's got a few more targets in mind, and um, hopefully next year it gives us a platform to sort of push on. I think next year for us, I'd be very disappointed if we weren't in the top 10. I think the top half finish should be minimum. I know that there'll be people that are Villa fans that want us to push for Europe. Maybe it's a little bit too soon, but who knows if we get a good start to the season. But, um, yeah, Villa point of view done. What a dramatic title race. Yeah. What a final day. I mean, it's not often that you're treated to a sort of last game where, you know, there's so much riding on it. And, and I have to admit, when I, when I saw that, you know, Villa went 2-0 up, I thought, ooh. You know, can Liverpool actually do this? Because obviously at the time, you know, I think Liverpool went two one up, didn't they? Yeah. And you know, I think most Liverpool fans are thinking, "Well, oh, crikey, you know, 
something's going to happen here. But like you said, the, the killer was them scoring, you know, very soon after you'd scored the second. Yeah. And it was just momentum that pushed them through, you know, like it did, you know, when they at the QPR game, you know, yeah. you know eight, nine years ago. So, you know, for me, uh, I think the best team won the league this season. Um, I think overall, like over the, the 38 games, I think they have been the best team in the league. They've had a few blips here and there. Obviously, they were quite far ahead at one point, um, and Liverpool have done well to, you know, sort of claw it back. Um, but yeah, I have to say, Coutinho's goal was was really good yesterday. It was yeah. very good. It was, it was strange that he came off, but you know, I'm sure Gerald has his, you know, has his reasons for it. But um, I think any other day, I think from a Villa point of view, you probably would have been a bit unhappy. Um, you know, to be two 0 up and then actually to end up losing the game, but it's not like that you were fighting for a position, was it? So it wasn't sort of from a Villa point of view the end of the world. Um, we can we can we could move up a couple of places, I think, but in reality, it makes no it made no difference. No, no, no. it was nice to see that we we didn't play like we were you know on the beach on holiday already. Yeah, you know. The least that I wanted from that game was that we were going to give Man City a good game, and we were going to make them work for the title, and and we did that. And we've got defensive areas to work on for definite, but we gave them a good go. We scored two good goals, and um, yeah, it's a shame it didn't end slightly differently. But I can't I can't moan too much. But obviously, from that obviously Liverpool point of view. Um... You know, they've been clawing sort of that advantage that Man City had like that since January and obviously to get that close again uh, and to miss out obviously for them it's probably quite heartbreaking. But um yes, I don't think I don't think they played particularly well yesterday. I don't think they played particularly well against Southampton either the other night. So, and um, good actually. Like, yeah. Played really well. They were they they played Liverpool perfectly. I thought they looked really dangerous on the counter attack. They should have won the game. Wolves yeah. should have won that game. They had, they had many chances to actually add to the lead that they had at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think Liverpool looked tired yesterday. They looked tired last week, midweek. And to be fair, I don't, I don't think they particularly played well against Chelsea in the cup final either. But no. um, so you know, they they've obviously got some rebuilding to do I would say um, Thiago's played quite well actually second half of the season I didn't think yeah. he played particularly well first half but he's probably been one of the players that stepped up when they needed him the most in the middle um, but yeah I mean to be so close you know, you know, from their point of view I think we were mainly agreed at the start of the season that would put they would probably be a battle between those two to win the league, um, and it and it and it was and you know we got to see it we played out in front of our eyes. Um, but I saw Liverpool sign that Carvalho, haven't they today from Fulham? Yeah. Um, I don't really see I don't I don't see where he sits within that team right now because I don't you know they've got Salah, Mane and. Louise as their front three. I think mean, he is he's an he's a, an attacker, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. probably not where they needed to strengthen the most. Um, but uh, again, I think next season, I think the two of them are probably going to be first and second in my eyes. I don't know which way. I yeah, but I can't see anything different. No. Next year, it's going to take a very strong transfer window for one of the bigger clubs to change my mind. But yeah, going back to Carvalho, I, I think it's it's a it's a it is a bit of a strange sign. And like you say, I I don't think that's the area that they particularly need to strengthen as such. No. But I think the last few weeks or the last few the last few times they've played, Curtis Jones has moved into a sort of more central position, and I think he started playing Harvey Elliott a little bit more central. Yeah. And, you know, my first thought when I saw that Carvalho's sign was it's going to be less game time then for Elliot, who is a huge prospect. Who well, yeah, as well. I would I would expect they've either got 
eyes on either loading one of the two out because I, I don't I don't see them both being being a regular starter. I, I can see them being on the bench, but I I I, I would I would have thought that they're probably going to be looking to maybe loan um, Harvey Elliott out um, because he's he's got a big future ahead of him and he's going to need game time I think to adjust and then you can go to one of the newly promoted sides I don't know um, I have a sneaky suspicion that Kurt Christian might be leaving Liverpool in the summer I'm going to I'm going to say my first prediction right. for the summer I just I don't know he's, he's what 20 21, 22 now is he? I think something like that. And playing a handful of games, I think I think he's going to start wanting first team football. And I don't know whether Liverpool can give him regular starting. No, I don't think they can. So I I could kind of see him leaving in the summer. I think maybe he's developed as far as he can there, and he'll have to go on somewhere else. I think to get a bit more football. But Elliot's still got a bit more time on his side. I think is he still 18, 19? Yeah, I think he's 18. Yeah, I think. yeah, a bright future ahead for them, but it's going to be tough to keep them all happy. Yep. So from top uh, down to the bottom, um, there was a well, I guess like a final day relegation battle between Leeds and Burnley. Um, shame they weren't playing each other really, but oh, that <laughs> would have been would have been some game, wouldn't it? Um, obviously, Burnley playing uh, Newcastle and. Yeah, I don't. The, the the thing is, I think when when you spread it out over thirty eight games, I think Burnley probably deserve to go down. Although I didn't want them to go down. Um, I think on paper they they out of the two they they probably probably are more deserving of it. Um, it's a strange one with Burnley because they kind of when. I think it's six years that they've been in the Premier League now and they have gradually been getting worse. Um, but I think the sacking of Sean Dyche, I think, is the, the one that's, I think, in my mind, that, that he, I think if he stayed, he would have been the one to almost keep them up. Um, I think the board were kind of, obviously, I think they thought that he was sort of like tactically stuck in his own ways, but... I think if you want any manager sort of in and around sort of the bottom, you know, from 11th to 20th, any manager in there, you'd want him to probably be be there. So it was, just, it was very strange him getting sacked. And obviously when he was sacked, they went on that sort of three or four games where they won, um, but they probably peaked a bit too soon. And um, it's, it's almost like they needed him to just take a holiday. Yeah, had that run. As soon as he left, they had that run of sort of four or five games where I don't think they lost. And then the last four or five games, I don't think they've won. I know they drew drew against us, and once, mm. and that they lost against. I think they lost all their other fixtures. It's kind of like they wanted him back at that point because that was when it got real that they might survive. And I think for a second, and, and I'll include myself in this, a lot of people thought that they had survived. They thought that run was enough to get them out of trouble. And I think a character like Dice would have kept them a bit more focused. So it's almost like he just needed to go away for a few weeks. Yeah. It's and the, bring him back. <laughs> it was the performances, really. They It went back to how it was before yeah. that sort of win shit. It was like they'd completely forgotten that they... Had won three, four games in a row, and then just all of a sudden started playing poorly and started playing really sort of defensively. Like that game against Tottenham where they lost one nil. Um, Rich went to the game and he was saying that he couldn't believe how defensive Burnley were, even at one nil down. Yeah, Rich was saying that they were just time wasting all the time, and he, he was like he couldn't really understand as to why they were doing that. Um. But yeah, twice, and I've got to say the the first game at Turf Moor, they were considering they'd been on a good run at that point. I was expecting a really tough game, and they just they didn't give us a tough game. And you would have thought they would have earmarked our fixtures one they could have won at home. Yeah, but then the away game, what two weeks later, they were a completely different side. They were up for it. They got. A penalty that definitely was a penalty. 
they had chances to actually get a winner. I mean, Tyrone Mings has basically kept Leeds in the league, which is quite ironic considering Leeds cannot stand him. Um, but that that block for an open goal, that's got to go in. It yeah. doesn't matter who you are in the table. Yeah, that's win. And if it, if it had gone in, that obviously keeps them in the league because they would have beaten us. But they had their chances and they looked up for it when they were at Villa Park. And I'm surprised we didn't see more of that yesterday because I thought even though they didn't get the win, the performance was there against us. I just didn't see any of that sort of fight or desire no. Newcastle. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were nervous playing in front of their own fans or something. I'm not too sure, but I, I, I thought that they were going to do it, to be honest. But credit to Leeds. I think they got a little bit of luck in the, but Brentford ended the game with nine men. Um, obviously the red card was stupid. So that's not Leeds' fault. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen the red Yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen oh. it. <laughs> Anyone who gets a yellow card for taking your shirt off and then instantly 30 seconds later decides they were going to go and kick someone, you just have no sympathy for them whatsoever. Why not? <laughs> but, um, but, you know, a draw obviously would have done it. They got the win in the end. Um, and they, I'd say they deserved it for the game. Yeah. You know, even. 11 men, I think they were playing well um, yeah. and at least deserved the draw when it was 11 v 11. But I think, I think yeah, I think next year. I think the interesting thing with Leeds is I think you, they, they've had they've had a lot of injuries this season. Um, so I think to me that says the squad depth isn't isn't quite there um, because you know Banff has been out for quite a few weeks of the season and. They have struggled, you know, to score goals. But I think what's even worse is the amount of goals that they're actually conceding. I think they have the second worst goal difference in the league, mm-hmm. I think, without looking. I think they did. But yeah. I, don't, I, I personally don't think the, the manager they've got at the moment is the right manager for them. I don't, I don't think he's I – I wouldn't say he's improved the results – since you know Bielsa left, um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, you know they've stayed up, you know, just this season. So I think they're going to have to make quite heavy recruitment in the summer. But then you've got to look at the players that were there this season. That you know, sort of the top six, top eight teams are looking at. Obviously, Calvin Phillips being one of them. Mm. Um, not not just the top six or eight, Chris. The top fourteen because oh, I think Villa, Villa are <laughs> so. I yeah. don't think that will happen on camera, but yeah, I think we were apparently uh, interested. I, just, I, I think you know those, those top players that are at that team. We'll see. You know, are they going to struggle again next season? So, do they want to leave? So, every league player that's that sort of played well over the last few weeks. I think it seems to have been linked with the biggest art. Yeah. I think Rafinha's Barcelona. Phillips is linked yeah. with everybody. And I'm and I'm sure it won't be long. Bamford's obviously spent most of the season out injured. I, I, I think if he hadn't, Leeds would obviously be in a better position, but I also think he'd be rumoured to leave. I think Melia will be rumoured to leave. You know, a young goalkeeper is I conceded a lot of goals, but you, you can't blame most of them on here. Well, no, yeah, I, I think the defence is where they need to, you know, sharpen up a little bit. Um, you know, the record for the most yellow cards, or well, the most cards in the Premier League. Um, you know, they've got that record now, uh, and they, they've had some silly, silly sendings off. Yeah. In the last two or three weeks, which could have cost them. You know, Alien being the first one. Yeah. Which was an awful tackle, and then Dan James's wasn't much better, to be fair, against Chelsea. So I think that you know they're obviously going to have to work on that discipline over the summer because you know they can't keep going on, you know, getting four, or five yellow cards a game, you know, because obviously that ends up with 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 their you know some of their best players getting suspended. So interesting to see what's going to happen with them. I think I think Leeds, Newcastle, and Man United. 
will be the three teams that have the biggest transfer windows in the summer. Um, that's your first prediction. Yeah, that's my first prediction. And my other prediction is that Burn- I don't think Burnley will come straight back up. Interesting. No, because I think it depends who they keep. It's because, because I saw a breakdown of their finances um, and good. it's not good. Um, they borrowed um, a lot of money, I think. Yeah, they've borrowed a lot of money, which they need to start paying back. And they're paying back quite a big chunk of that, um, which means obviously less money for players, which means if they want new players, they're going to have to sell current players, which means they're probably going to lose their best players. Which is interesting because it seems that they've borrowed a lot of money, but I can't see where it's been spent because they're not exactly known for splashing the cash. They don't, do they? So it's... They bought Cornet and, and Veghorst this year, but they weren't for huge amounts of money. So I, I just wonder where that cash has gone. It'll be, those two, it'll be those two that are leaving, because they're probably their two best yeah. players. So um, so they'll have to see what money that they can get, you know, for them to rebuild. Um, but I, don't, I, don't, I personally don't see them coming straight back up. I think there's too many teams in that league now. That have, that have better teams and I think you'll start to see the teams that go down I think they'll just get suffocated even with parachute payments I think they'll get suffocated in that league because there's there's just too many good teams in there so yeah so that's that's basically how it ended yesterday Man City winning Burnley going down with, with Watford and Norwich um, we, we won't um, give Rich the satisfaction about talking about the team that got into the Champions League. Yeah, uh, no, look, no one's bothered about <laughs> um, fourth. No. Although their DVD will be out in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> we we finish fourth. You don't get uh, any support. Um, but no, I, I, I'll say this: second since Conte took over, they are a better team. They they recruited well. Um, that Kuleski guy looks really, really good, and I'd say him, Son, and Mar- Marne, him, Son, and Kane as a front three are probably up there with with Marne, Salah, and 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 Louise. So a bold, that is a bold statement. Well, you look at the goals that, that are coming from them. I don't, I don't, I think it's hard to disagree, to be honest. But yeah, no, yep. I, 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 I think yeah, they're, they're looking at. Yeah, they're up there with one of the best um, strike forces in the in the league, I think. Yeah. Uh, just a quick mention as well, um, because we are nearing the end of um, part one. Uh, just a quick uh, note to everyone that Ross Barkley scored his first league goal yesterday uh, of the season. So, yeah, just in case anyone missed that. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and in case another few people missed it, Kennedy played for the first time in how long? Five, five years. His first start for Chelsea in five years. And to be fair, he had a good game, actually, to be fair. He, he did play um, well. He did play well. Don't think he'll be there next season, but... No, maybe this was a farewell game. He'll probably be out on loan. He'll be out on loan again. Right, so that's, that's it for... Well, that's it for talking points this season. So, um, that's the end of part one. In part two, we'll be back with some wonders of why, who am I? And we're going to be doing more predictions. See you then. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's podcast. We're going to go into some Wonders of White. Let's do this. One of them is is a really good Chelsea one. I'll leave that one to the end. So, uh, Tottenham's Son Heung-min is the first Asian player to win the Premier League Golden Boot. Although he's had to half it. He's, you know. Yeah, he's just split it with no. But that's, yeah. Still, I'm struggling to now think of, of any other Asian strikers in the Premier League. <laughs> um, uh, Leeds have scored four winning goals in the 90th minute in the Premier League this season. That's the most by any division. Any team in the division. Yeah, well, I, I said they're a little bit lucky, didn't I? So I'm going to stick 
with that. Uh, no player to a previous play for Manchester United in the Premier League has scored more goals against them than Wilfred Zaha. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is quite impressive, to be fair. I think they're the good players, but yeah. And last but not least, the Chelsea stat. So Chelsea are the first team in Premier League history to go through a whole season without ever being behind at half-time. No. There we go. Bloody hell. Yeah. So did it win the league. <laughs> no. <laughs> Still ended up 16 points behind, but never mind. But you won the half-time league, and that's all that matters. Yeah, so if there was a, a league title for teams that have been not been behind at half-time, we'd... We would be lifting the trophy right this man. Yeah. So yeah, when I saw that, I thought it was a mistake. Let's just say that. Turns out it's not. That's an absolute belter. So that's that's the end of. Uh, I'll have to put the wonders of white away for pre-season. But, yeah. um Bring it back. Um, we'll, I'll quickly do the who am I. Yeah. Um, because obviously the prediction thing is going to take a little bit longer, and this and you've you've done the predictions, um, and I've seen some of the questions. <laughs> uh, so I hope you've got your answers ready. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, the who am I? Is quite simple this week. Okay. Um, I have clues. I'm not going to give you the the team he's at now. Um, but I'll give you the, obviously the teams that he has played at um, previously. The list is not very long. Cool. So he um, in 2010 he played for Hamburger, their second team. Right. Um, before then he got moved up to play for their senior team for three years. And then in 2013 he signed for Bayer Leverkusen for two years before joining the Premier League team at he's at now in 2015. So he just finishes sixth or seventh season. Hamburg, Leverkusen, and then a Premier League team in 2015, 2016. Okay. So, kind of says he's German. I mean, I think... I'd I'd hope that that's a clue anyway. Um... I'll stop you there. He's not German. Oh, not German. Oh, <laughs> That's a really good start. Um, okay. Hamburg. Hamburg haven't been great for quite a long time now. I think they're still in the second tier. But Leverkusen have been pretty good. And there can't have been many that have moved from Leverkusen to the Premier League and stayed there. Kind of says he must have done quite well. Either that or he's just sat in the reserves for seven years and not done anything at all. Um, I'm starting to think I might need a clue, Chris. Okay, so your first clue is he has scored, since 2015, he scored 93 goals in the Premier League. Okay. That's quite a lot. He's a striker. Well, forward, should we say. Who has John Leverkusen? Um, I have a second clue. Have we spoken about him already today? Yes. Because I think he came from Germany before he went to Spurs. And I think he's just got the golden boot. I'm pretty sure I remember him playing for Leverkusen. and I'm going for Son. That's correct. It's human song. So uh Hamburg, he played seventy three games and scored twenty goals, and then for Leverkusen he played sixty two times and scored twenty one goals. And he's at two hundred and thirty one games for Tottenham scoring ninety three goals. Which is a, a goal pretty much every two and a bit games. 
not bad at all, is it really? But your your final clue would have been that he went to um, Yuk Minkwan Middle School. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That might have given it away slightly. <laughs> so, I think, yeah, I think I might have given it away a little bit. But um, yeah, no, he's played ninety-eight times for South Korea and scored thirty-one goals. So that's one in every three. So yeah, I think I know he's getting a lot of credit these days, but I I think he was underrated for quite a long time. Mm. And I'm glad to see that he's finally getting a bit of recognition because he, he is. He's been one of the best players in the Premier League for at least five years now. Yeah, so Hamburg signed him from CL, FC CL. Um, and he played for their second team and their academy. So Clearly, they've got slacker work permit rules than football manager. Yes, because he was sign anyone on football manager. When he when he signed for Hamburg, yeah, he'd only just broken into the under seventeen South Korean squad. There you go. So yeah, cool. Right, Liam, some okay. early predictions. Okay. Um, are they um, in the order that you sent me them in? Because they it's are the order that I've written down. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna whiz through them because. Um, I thought you might want a little bit of time to think about them. So I'm going to give you my thoughts as well, but we're going to rattle through a few questions just to see what we think is going to happen next year. Some serious, some fun, but let's make some predictions. And I think this time next year when we get to the end of the season, I'll save what we've written down cool, and we'll see where we stand. So... First of all, Chris, who is going to win the Premier League title next year? Man City. You're going for Man City. I've, and I've purely gone for Man City because they're going to have a striker. They are going to have a striker. It's, it's, it is hard to predict anyone else winning it. Not only have they got Haaland, they've also obviously signed Alvarez. Yeah. Um, so they're going to actually have two strikers. And you know there's going to be more to come. And that, yeah, I think there's only going to be more signings. The only downside for them, I think, is losing Fernandinho. But I'm sure they'll find a replacement for him. And they kind of have with Rodri anyway. Yeah. Also going to go with Man City. Surprise, surprise. Um, it's just hard to look past them, isn't it? I just think they're going to be unstoppable. I think if there's anyone going to do it, it will be Liverpool. And you've got to say they've been unlucky. I think four out of the last four high-scoring Premier League seasons... They've got two of them and they've finished second on both those times. It's, um, yeah, they're, they're just unlucky that they've got Man City in such a good era. So we're both going Man City. That's a good start. Who do you think is going to go down? You can't say any of the promoted championship sides, mostly because it hasn't all been decided yet. No. OK, so um, I've gone for Leeds as the first choice. Um, do you want three, yeah? Sorry. Um, Let's st- let's just stick with one because it's I think fine. let's let's okay. face it we we all do think Fulham are going to go down again. Um, okay. All right. So um I w- one, one side. I'm torn between two. I'll, I'll go with my gut instinct and say Brentford. You're going to go with Brentford. Interesting. Yeah. I think I think they've had you know they've had a fairly decent season. And they were probably written off by most, I would say, at the start of the season. Um, but I would say that they started the season well. But since Christmas, I think that they have struggled and they've just gradually been getting further and further down the table. Um, Even- I, I, I don't think, I don't know. I think he may leave. I'm not sure. Interesting. I am going to go, and I think I've actually said this probably for the last couple of years, but because they've ended so poorly, I'm actually going to go to Southampton to go down. I just think they've not invested in the right areas. The fans aren't happy with Harsen Hurtel. It doesn't look like he's going anywhere, certainly not over summer. I just I think they've been on such a poor run of form. It's like the end of the season couldn't come quickly enough for them, to be honest. Um. And they're always capable of a 9-0 defeat. And any team that 
does that twice in the space of two seasons and still has the same manager and essentially the same team, I think needs a little bit of work. But having said that, they're always capable of a surprise result. And I think they beat Man City, didn't they, this year? Or mm-hmm. At least took them close. But I'm going to go for Southampton to go down. I hope they don't. Obviously, they're technically my local team. I'm only a stone's throw away from St Mary Stadium right now. But, um, yeah, I just think they need some major investment or they're going to go down. So, you've gone for Brentford, I've gone for Southampton. We'll see where we stand this time next year. Who do you think are going to be the surprise package in the Premier League next season? This this is painful, this one. I've, I've gone for Spurs. Oh, no. I that must have been difficult for you. Yeah, I honestly think that they are probably about two or three world class signings away from potentially contending for the Premier League. I think they've got a good defence, a better midfield, but I, I do honestly think they've got a world class stri- um, strike force and those three up front. And I think, yeah, I think if they brought in two defenders, maybe a left back and a centre back, and then someone in midfield, I think they could almost be the complete package, and that pains me to say. That must be difficult. I'm not saying any more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my first thought with this was West Ham, but they've surprises I think for the last two years so it can't really be considered a, pro- a surprise if they do it again so my surprise team I think next year and again kind of like I thought about Brighton maybe but um, no I'm going to go for it Chris I'm going to go for it I'm going to back myself I'm going to say that Villa, Villa are going to be oh, no. <laughs> Villa are going to be the surprise team I think I think top eight next season I think I think top half is minimum, but I think we can get top eight. I reckon if we'd have had a bit of a decent run around oh, Christmas, right. we could have sure. we could have got there this year, but we didn't. Make sure you're writing that one down. I am writing that one down. I'm <laughs> going to say my surprise will be Aston Villa to push for Europe. God, I'm going to get slated um, about that, I'm sure, this time next year. Um, top goal scorer, who do you think is going to be top scorer next year? Ireland. <laughs> just, I just, right in there. I think he's. Uh, I'm really annoyed, yet slightly excited that he's in the Premier League and he's going to be at Man City. Yeah, I think it's formidable, doesn't it? I think seeing what he can do. I know the German league is not the best league in the world, but there are some decent teams in there, and it's not like he's scoring just against the low, the sort of lower half of the table. He is scoring against. You know, some of the big teams in there. And I think with the service he can potentially get, I think he's going to be good. Yeah, I think... I, I understand where you're coming from completely. Obviously, his I mean, his record is just astonishing. He's basically averaging a goal a game for everyone who he's played for. You, are you going for Danny Ings? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? I'm going Ings and Watkins to tie on 30 goals each. No, um, I do understand what you're saying with Haaland, but I just the English game is a bit different, and it, it's for me it's going to depend on how he adjusts. I think he's he's overcome every challenge so far that he's faced, and obviously it's a big step up between the Austrian and the German league, and he absolutely flew. But I think the first sort of five or ten games are going to be crucial. If he scores in his first couple of games, I think he'll be fine. But if he doesn't, I don't know. Maybe it's your barren run. So with that in mind, I'm going to go for probably the most boring choice, and I'm going to say Salah again oh, because he yeah. just can't stop scoring. So I'm going with Mo Salah. I think Liverpool will still have a decent season. They're guaranteed to score lots of goals, and he's going to be the one that's going to be getting those goals. So I just, yeah, I think he's world class. So I, I can't see that stopping anytime soon. He's so difficult to stop. Everyone knows what he's going to do by now, but he's it's still mm. to stop. So moving on from top scorer, who is going to be the first manager to get the sack? I've gone with Jesse Marsh. Yeah, you see, I only because I couldn't pick Frank Lampard. 
I actually kind of agree with you. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I just think what you're saying. I just, I think when you look when you look yeah when you look at the teams that are, are in the Premier League, I just they they just stick out to me to say. Only, this is only because Watford aren't in the Premier League, by the way, I'm choosing these. Um, they, to me, would sack a manager after two or three games. And I just, I just, I just don't think that he, I, I personally don't think he was the right choice, to, to be honest with you. Um, but I think he will be the first one to go. Yeah, I, I agree. I just don't. Like you say, if they can sack Bielsa after what he did for them, then they've got a ruthless streak in them. So I can kind of see him being the first manager to go as well. Obviously, if he gets a good start next season, that might be a little bit different. We'll probably eat our words. But he's got a lot of people to buy to shore up that defence. I just can't see it happening, to be honest. So I'm going to back you as well. I'm going to say the same. On to... Your second favourite team. Strange, strange question, this one, if I'm yeah, honest. Yeah. But, um, What's your opinion? How uh, do you think the Oval are going to get on next season? My honest opinion is not much better than what they've done this season, if I'm honest. They've got, they, they got an owner who doesn't want to be there. They've just, I don't know if you saw them, they've just sold the ground to the council, back to the council. Never a good sign, is it? No, and that's to generate money, I assume, in some way for players. But never good when you don't actually own your own stadium. No. Um, I am going to say that they will finish 13th. 13th. Just purely because I don't, I don't think they'll be able to attract um, the players, personally. I don't, I don't know if you saw, but they've got a new manager now. Um, I did, but his name escapes me. Hargreaves is his surname. Oh. Is. He used to... He's, He's milled around a few of the local teams around there before, like Bristol Rovers. I don't think he actually ever managed Bristol Rovers, but yeah, I, I, I think the problem with Yeovil is, like I said, they've got a, a you know a chairman that is looking to sell the club. He's looking to sell the club for about six, seven months now. So um, obviously, there's going to be no money coming in from that from him because he doesn't want to. Sp- you know, he doesn't spend his money on a team that he doesn't want to own. Yeah. And then the fact that they obviously they've sold the, the ground back to the council. So, yeah, I'll, I'll just say 13th. It could, I think it, personally it could be anywhere between 12th and 18th, but I'll just say 13th. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a bit more optimistic than you, Chris. I'm going to, I'm going to say 9th. I don't think there's going to be a promotion push by any means, but I think a solid mid-table finish. I'm going to go with 9th. It's going to be a tough league next year, though, because York could come back up. Yeah. And uh, obviously they've got good experience in that league. Uh, Scunthorpe and Oldham obviously coming down to quite historical clubs, albeit, you know, Scunthorpe have got no money at all. I think, if anything, they're in a worse position than the Oval. But we will wait and see what that, what happens there. Um, as we've mentioned them on the last two podcasts, I just thought I'd put in, will Bristol Rovers survive in League One next season? No. Flat out no from Chris. No messing. I'm going to go with yes. I've got faith. Faith in Joey Barton. You know, he's the the thinking man's footballer. They're going to go yes. I think they have. I think they've released twelve players. So we'll see what happens. Space to bring in better players. Let's just have a little bit of faith that Joey Barton knows what he's doing. Um, Just because they. Basically, not had a season where they've not been in a battle towards the end. Do you think that Rotherham will be promoted or relegated for the first time in seven years? Will not be promoted or relegated. Sorry, I think they're going down. Why, why end the streak? Why end it? Keep it going. So you're going to go with relegation. Um, yeah, that's purely on the on the basis that <laughs> the last three times they've been promoted, they've been relegated. So um, yeah. they're going to get promoted again. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna back them for a, a middle of the bottom half finish next season. I'm gonna say they're gonna stay up. I'm gonna give them survival. I don't think they'll do it by much, but let's. I'm feeling positive about teams today. Um, this, I'm one, this, this is just 
I just wanted to rub it in that your hero and Chelsea legend John Terry has obviously got a new obsession with NFTs. Do you think he's finally going to give up? No, he's not going to give up on it. He's never going to no. give up on NFTs, is he? No. no, I'm going to say exactly the same. It's just it's his life now. Now he's not uh, coach at Villa. It's just all, all over, all over social media. And they're going now for like 50p or whatever. Um, anyway, give me your wildest prediction Wait, for next season. This will upset a few people, but I don't, I don't know, I don't care. Um, so it's around Newcastle. Okay. I, I don't, you know, everyone's raving about the money that they've got and stuff. They will finish lower than what they finished this season. Ooh, that's a big. They one. they will finish twelfth or below. Newcastle, I'm going to say Newcastle to finish lower than twelfth. Yeah, that is a bold claim. Do you, is that is that because they're going to sign a load of people and they're just not going to gel at yeah. all? They're just. I, I think they're going to go out there, spend two hundred million on on average players, because I think they've got to realise that there's still, you know, there's other there's bigger teams in the league. And I think it's been proven before um, that when certain teams buy lots of players to try and get them stable in the league, it doesn't work um, because you've got 14, 15 new players that just don't know how to play play with each other. But I could be proved wrong. Um, but that's probably the, the wildest one I could think of. I think the other... Yeah, the other one I was thinking was Man United. Um, to finish in the top four. Finishing lower points than they have actually finished oh, this season. Okay. Um, I, finishing in the top four is, yeah. is be more so, of yeah, a prediction. I'll stick with the Newcastle one. Nice. Okay. I didn't really know what to do for this, and, and that's odd considering I came up with it. My first, my first actual thought was that Gary Nibbles is going to quit football and go into politics. But again, I don't know how wild that is because that, that's all he talks about at the minute. So I'm going to be brave. And again, a lot of people aren't going to like this because of, of where I originate from. Um, but I'm going to say Leicester City are going to be in a relegation battle next year. I just have a feeling. I just I think they've had a... All right, they they beat Southampton in the last game of the season. They're better with Jamie Vardy back in the team. But all that right. kicking off with his misses, I just don't think it's going to be good. So I'm going to go with Leicester City to... Boring. I don't know whether they'll go down they're going, to, they're going to be in a relegation battle, so I'm going to I'm going to say fifteenth, yeah, fifteenth or below. Okay, I'm going with yeah, fifteenth or below. That'll that'll do me. So that's some good predictions that we've got there. We'll come yep. back to that this time next year. See how we got on. Probably terribly. Probably let's be honest, zero so. out of how many of it was ten. Um, um yeah, that's good. We've got a little bit of fun. Just cool. to just end the season. So I've got a, instead of a quiz, I thought we'd do something slightly different. So what I want you to do is I want you to uh, guess the starting eleven of a team that I'm going to give you. So I'm going to give you just a couple of rules. So I'm going to give you a life. So you can either get a guess wrong, yeah, carry on, or you can ask me to tell you the answer of a position of your choice. So say if you're like, I want to know who played in goal. You can use that as a life. If you guess a substitute that came on, you can get another go, just because I think that's right. fair. So, the starting 11 I want you to give me, as we've watched history repeat itself and see Man City win 3-2 late on, I want you to name as many players as you can who started the game against QPR in 2012. Oh, my goodness me. So starting, yeah? Yeah, starting eleven. But if you name a sub, I'll I'll just let you carry on, and we'll just I just right. how many you get. Well, I'll start with the obvious one, Aguero. <laughs> Aguero is in the starting eleven. Yes, oh, that was good. That was good. Then um, uh, uh, I will say. Yaya Torre. Yaya Torre? What was the starting 11? Two out of 11. Well done. Got two out of 11, all right. Um, 
thing is, Jacko scored, but it doesn't seem like he'd start. Um, okay, I'll go. I'll go from the bat line to so company. Company definitely started. So three players. Zavaleta. Zavaleta also started. Joe Hart. Joe Hart, yes, seems at the end with him. Okay, running around his area. Um, so that's five players. Silver. I'm going to need you to be more specific. David Silver. David Silver, definitely. Yeah. Hey, There's not another Silver, is there? Well, Bernardo Silver, technically. <laughs> you know, they, they did the right. same team, albeit like. Um, okay. Now I would say is where it starts to get tricky. tricky. But there are a couple that I'm I think... trying to what do you know what I'm trying to do in my mind? I'm trying to think when Aguero scored that goal players around him and my mind keeps going back to Jacko, but I don't think Jacko wouldn't have started. Neither would have Balotelli. Which makes me think there's another striker. Um, I'll come back to that. So I get a life, yeah? You do get a life. You're allowed one wrong guess or or you can ask me to give you the position. Left back. You want the left back? Yeah. Use your life. Yeah. Left back was Gail Clichy. Okay. So that gives you seven out of the 11. The other striker, I think, is Tevez. Correct. How many have I got? I've lost count. You've got, you've got eight. You've got eight. Three, you've got three players to guess. Holy moly! So I've done strikers. I'm probably missing another midfielder or two midfielders, and definitely another centre back. I can I can let you know what positions are missing. So you are missing. Yeah. Oh, Nasri. Nasri. Nazri, yes. Yeah, I ain't going to get the other two, I'll tell you that for now. <sighs> Mika Richards was in that team. But I don't think he would have played centre-back. Midfield, so midfield they would have had... Was Fernandinho there then? I don't think he was. Mate, I, I, no idea. I'll, I'll say, I think it's, I don't think Fernandinho was there then. So I don't really want to say, do I want to say Fernandinho? They used to have someone called Fernando as well. They did, that really confused me when they were both on the pitch. I will say, I'll just go with those two. I, I know none of them played at the back, but I can't think of anyone else. Oh, hang on, hang on. Uh, I'll change Fernando for Milner. So I'll say Milner. I'll say Milner and Fernandinho. Neither of them are correct. Uh, so the centre backs that you are missing. Give me uh, like. You've got okay. So you've got. You've got nine, so that's a good score, to yeah. be fair. The two players that you're missing are both English. Yeah, you're missing a centre-back and a centre-midfielder. Both England internationals. Both have links to Aston Villa. Gareth Barry? Gareth Barry is the centre-midfielder. Gareth Barry was in that team. Bloody hell. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I'm completely stumped on the centre-back. I have no idea. The centre-back was Jolian Lescott. God, how did they win the league? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. And you're right, by the way. Dzeko came on as a sub. Balotelli. Yes. Yeah. I, I, and I, the other sub was Nigel de Jong. Oh. I forgot you played for... No Milner? 
No Milner. I, uh, he did play for them back then, I think. But no, no Milner. He might have been on the bench and not come on. Um, oh. Yeah, good going though. Nine out of eleven is not bad. Well, technically, I only I got eight because you gave me one of them. They're, they're the rules, though, Chris. I, I uh. don't rules up. So you know, I, I mean, I did on this occasion, but yeah, I'll let you have it. Nine out of eleven is not bad. Gareth Barry was in the man starting Man City team. Yeah, I bet he didn't play the whole game. <laughs> Shall we see if he? Came off, came off during that game. 2011. Going to have a quick Google. 2012. Um, Here we go. Let me see. He didn't. He didn't. He came off for one of the strikers. He came off for Jacko. Well, there you go. That's his place in history. You're right. He did. He came off 69 minutes. Fred and Jacko. Tevez so, came off. Something must have day. happened to Torre because there's no way they would have taken him off. Yeah, Torre came off at half time. It looks like he came off at half time for De Jong. So and yeah, the, the unused substitutes were Costel Pantilimon, of course, Mika Richards, as you said, Kolarov, who I've uh, all about. Uh, yeah, yeah, James. No, no Fernandinho, so he must have signed after. He must have done. Just look at this QPR team. DJ Campbell. Oh, oh, what a name. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, they, their their side wasn't terrible. Adam Tarrant on the bench as well. Yeah, White Phillips is on there. Cisse, Zamora, Chuy Barton got sent off to Anton Ferdinand, Nedum on lower. Yeah. Rad, Rajak Cherny. Yeah, I, I can't remember him either. Just looking. Yeah. Cool. That was good, that was. More of that next season. Yes. I just, before we go, I just need to touch on this Everton thing for, because it's really grinded my gears. <laughs> Last week, when they were celebrating, uh, I just don't get play. it. I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. Why are they celebrating? I know they're happy that they're staying up, the, 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 that that was it was just over the top if you ask me I mean you agree I just I just well, think that, you know well, fans I, coming onto the pitch I mean they've been booing this team for, for 35 games of the, of the season they've booed them off the pitch yeah I, so, I mean uh, <laughs> I under yeah I I think it's it's all got a bit much with the pitch invasions but Everton have been in the top flight I don't even know how long, 40, 50 years or something. There's only Arsenal that have been in there longer. So I can see why it means so much to the fans. Obviously, what they did, not great, let's be honest, for a pitch invasion for staying up. But by all means, celebrate staying up. I know that when Villa did it the other year, I was obviously delighted. If fans were allowed in the stadium... Maybe there would have been a pitch invasion. Who knows? We were away from home that day, so probably not. But I get the happy feeling of surviving. I just think, yeah, it's probably getting a bit too much now. But then I think, you know, we're just sounding like Roy Keane. It's just even after the game, like in the changing rooms. They're all like jumping around, spraying bottles everywhere. I was just thinking... Do you know what I don't like? You don't though, deserve though. it. As I say, you, you, like, half yeah. of this team haven't even turned up for most of the games this season. Do you, do you know what I hate more than anything is that once they'd secured survival, Richarlison was tweeting basically every pundit that had said they weren't playing well or that they were going to go down. Jamie Carragher got one. I think Neville got one. Basically having a go at them saying you don't know anything. Lad, you've just survived by a couple of points. You haven't proved anybody wrong. Like, it's not... You've not gone on no. to win the league. If, if they were slagging you off and then you'd gone to win the league or maybe even get into Europe, then I could understand it. But the fact that you've struggled <laughs> and you've just about pulled through is, is, not, is not something to brag about. And it, to be fair, he's the one. He's one of the ones that hasn't been turning up for half the season. Exactly. 
Exactly. He picked, he picked, he's pitched in with a goal here and there, but other than that... You'd expect more. Yeah, yeah. It, it just not wound me up, but I just like, this is just, just, come on. Like, the only team that should be celebrating right now is Man City. So, yeah. Yeah, but even their pitch invasion, I mean, I think there was about three fans that tried to punch our keeper. It's just ridiculous. I think we, as, as football fans, we just need to stop. Just stop invading the pitch. Nothing is that important. Get, I mean, you're not going to get any beer on the pitch. Go to the pub. You celebrate all you want there. Just seems daft. I don't know why we're all of a sudden, the last week or so, Vieira's been attacked, Sharp has been attacked, our keeper Olsen has now been attacked. And just, just pack it in. Just pitch invasions in general just really wind me up. There we go. There we go, look. What a downer way to end the season, Chris. We've turned into grumpy old men, Oh, yeah. Well, that's it for this series, season, what have you. Um, but yeah, it's been good. I know when he came back sort of, what, about 10, 11 weeks ago, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's been good. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, and it will be coming back probably the week before the season starts, just so we can see who's who signed who. And whether Chelsea still exist. Yeah. Uh, because still not resolved. So we, we shall see. But yeah, um, thanks again for, for listening. Anything else, Liam? Nothing from me. Well, so we'll see you next season.